0: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com.
1: You know what cheers me up? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different with author and professional poker player Ashley Adams.
2: Okay, you have some skin.
3: Hello, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, and you are listening to House of Cards. We have a great show, very interesting show politically. We're going to have the spokesperson for the chief group that is moving against casinos in Massachusetts coming on and talking about his side of the story. His name is John Ribeiro, who is the chairman of the Repeal the Casino Deal, uh, an effort to get rid of casino gambling in Massachusetts even before it starts. We will be talking to him about the now legalized ballot question coming up in November. And then we have a friend of mine. I was on her radio show. We work for the same publication, Poker Player Newspaper. She's much more accomplished than I am, though. She is a writer, an author, a mind shift coach. Uh, She's a great public speaker and a great player. She's actually won a lot of money in the main event of the World Series of Poker. Her name is Donna Blevins. We're going to talk to her. Stay tuned. We're going to have uh, more poker talk right after a break. The key to winning
0: poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker Veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash Games. tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know, it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get Winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold.
3: Something exciting is happening in New Jersey. People are cheering in Cherry Hill and cashing in chips, pumping fists in Fort Lee and flopping full houses. Get the thrill and play on your laptop, tablet, or mobile at BorgataPoker.com. Texas Hold'em, daily tournaments, and and sit-and-goes. Real money anywhere in New Jersey. The Borgata Hotel and Casino is a name you trust, so you can be sure that BorgataPoker.com is secure.
0: And now with a $25 deposit, you can get a $20 bonus when you sign up for Borgata Poker at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Remember, you must be 21 and physically present in New Jersey to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players. Great locations, deep stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker and one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour, finally a poker tour designed for poker players.
4: Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad.
0: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards radio network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. This This
4: is is the House of Cards. This is your poker education. Let's play some cards.
3: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, You know my biases. I always announce them. I don't pull any punches. I'm in favor of casinos in Massachusetts. And I know that there is a lot of interest in the subject at hand and a very articulate spokesperson for the argument on the other side, those who are looking to Ban casinos, at least casinos as they are currently structured in Massachusetts. So we are going to have a guest right now. His name is John Ribeiro. He's been on the show before. He is from Repeal the Casinos. And uh, I guess you might say you have some momentum on your your side right now, John, wouldn't you?
1: I would say so, Ashley. Thanks for having me back.
3: You bet. Bring our listeners who might not have been following this, if they've been living under a rock, uh, bring them up to speed on the latest developments.
1: Sure. Uh, the attorney general in Mass uh, deemed our question, or the idea of us putting the question on the ballot of whether we should have casinos or not, unconstitutional. And we took the attorney general to court, uh, the highest court in Massachusetts, the SJC, Supreme Judicial Court. And uh, last week they ruled in our favor and said that yes, in fact, we can uh, put this on the question, put this on the ballot for the voters and let them decide whether we should have casinos in Mass or not.
3: Okay, so let's look at. How the question got on the ballot, just to give our listeners a little civics lesson, if they haven't been paying attention, how is it that you got on the ballot?
1: Well, uh, in Massachusetts, the voters uh, can bring uh, legislative issues to the people. And as people are probably familiar with uh, seeing signs around election time, vote yes on question one, vote no on question two. And those are all things that have been put together by the people. The way that process works is you put together some language, uh, proposing a law. Uh, And we did that last summer, last August. And the Attorney General has a month to consider and decide whether the issue meets constitutional requirements. And back last September, we were denied uh, certification. Uh, But we went ahead anyway, and we were uh, obtained an an injunction from the court to go ahead and collect the number of signatures which was required, which was uh, just under 70,000 certified signatures, uh, which means we had to collect almost 100,000 raw signatures out in the streets and throughout the fall and early winter. Uh, We did that. We passed that hurdle. uh, And then having done so, we've now uh, earned the right to go before the SJC to have a full hearing on whether the casino question was constitutional. And that's what happened uh, back uh, in, on May 5th. And the chief argument of the Attorney General was that the, the casino developers had applied for licenses and were uh, should be entitled to a decision on those applications. Uh, And and that constituted a contract. Not that the licenses constituted a contract, uh, but that the application for a license constituted a a contract. And the uh, Supreme Judicial Court said basically that that didn't fit. That was kind of peculiar because the attorney general should, per the Constitution, default on the side of the people and allow them to go forward. And if there were to be a challenge, it should have come from the Casino developers. Instead, uh, we, the people, had to put together this challenge, raise the money to hire the attorneys and have it heard in court. And ultimately, uh, democracy won out and the people won out and our voices will be heard come November 4th of this year.
3: I think even people that want casinos in many instances felt that the argument that uh, Martha Coakley used, the attorney general used to try to block you, was a specious one, and I, I heard a number of the political talking heads saying, well, they wanted <clears throat> the question to get on the ballot, even though they would vote against it. Uh, so you had some interesting allies in this part of the fight.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think if if they had ruled against us, it would have set a very bad precedent for questions like this going forward and would have prevented many others uh, from reaching the ballot and I think ultimately we all want to preserve our democracy and, and this type of initiative uh, of and by and for the people and that's what was preserved uh, last week and again yeah, whether you're for or against casinos I think we can all agree uh, that we We all believe that the people's voice should hold the most sway, and that's what's going to happen. And it's
3: Independence Day coming up, so we can all wave the flag. And and I think that part of the battle is over. We can focus on the substance. So let's do that. Um, Okay. Let me ask you a bunch of questions. And, again, I'm not pretending to be an unbiased journalist here. I do have a bias. Uh, New Jersey has casinos. Maine has casinos. Connecticut has casinos. New York is going to have casinos. Why shouldn't Massachusetts have casinos?
1: Well, you know, we were told we were going to learn from all those states and what they did in those states and what went wrong and what went right. And our law isn't any better than any of those laws. You know, it's one thing to let people gamble away all their money that they've earned. It's a entirely different thing to allow a casino to hand out loans to people directly and gamble away their houses and their cars. It's also the same to allow casinos to have direct access to people's credit history. Um, these are things that some other entertainment venues, all no other entertainment venues are allowed to do in Massachusetts. And add to that the idea that, you know, there's no longer any happy hour in Massachusetts, but casinos for some reason are going to be allowed to hand out free drinks to people. So, you know, there are, you know, many of the social ills and many people that say, you know, I don't want to, I'm fine with casinos somewhere, just not in my backyard, and I think we, we all know why those, those reasons are. If you look at places like you know Atlantic City and even in our neighbors to the south uh, in Connecticut where they put casinos, there's, there's been a lot of problems in and around the casino areas. So uh, that's one thing to, to not have them near you, but now we're looking at what's the actual business that casinos are allowed to uh, you know, engage in. And I think that's, that's the message that's going to hold sway uh, for voters here in Massachusetts. Wow, uh, so it wasn't done right.
3: Your most powerful argument against casinos in Massachusetts boils down to they're allowed to have happy hour and we're not. That's
1: all it is. Oh, that's not all of it. I think there's many reasons uh, to be against casinos. Um, well, give us your, your best is, argument. Give it. Oh, there's not a single community in the country or state that's better off for having added casinos, and casinos have driven many communities into the ground let's look at detroit look at buffalo new york again you go back to the uh, Well,
3: wait wait, oh, wait, wait wait let's 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 go through the arguments <clears throat> let's look sure. at detroit you're saying that sure. detroit is
1: failing because of casinos no but casinos they promise that they're going to save everybody there's going to be a lot of jobs going to be a lot of economic confusion there's going to be money that comes in into an area because of it and yet here we have detroit i don't even know how many casinos it has and it's an it's in a modern american ruin uh, people are leaving in droves. Um, you, the police don't respond to some areas. Casinos are supposed to be make things better here in Massachusetts. We're doing just fine without casinos. The economy is coming back. We have one of the lowest levels of unemployment here in the state of Mass. There's no good reason for us to add casinos back, uh, not back to, to Massachusetts at all.
3: How about the reason that the communities that are going to be most directly affected that you are claiming to be speaking on behalf of are saying, we want the casino. Ask the mayor of Springfield if he wants a casino and he will tell you as loudly as he can shout that he does. So is your argument that they don't know what's good for them, so we as a state need to tell Springfield what's good for them?
1: No, but what you have these casinos that have paid off these these cities and towns.
3: Well, you're not that saying are,
1: that the mayor is being paid off, are you? No, 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 not not the mayor. The cities, the cities, through these host community agreements, they're getting millions of dollars to mitigate, right, to lessen the impact of something negative. Right. And some of these cities have minimal, you know, they haven't had a lot of economic uh, Development in a very long time, and Springfield was recently ravaged by a tornado and there's been no, little to no economic investment there, right. but to say that you know that the, the, the negative impacts that the city of Springfield is being paid for through the mitigation fund is, are, are going to be kept inside of Springfield and not spread to the entire region is just ridiculous. And so, to, you know, really, the folks that are impacted in that region should have a say on whether there's going to be a casino nearby or not. And that's really all we're doing, is we're saying, you know what, this, is, this has been illegal in this state forever, as long as there has been a state. There's no, been no casino gambling. And now, instead of having this done as a backroom deal on Beacon Hill, which it was, uh, and passed by the legislature, When the Speaker DeLeo came into power, 100 votes changed overnight. So people that had previously been against casino gambling all of a sudden were for it. This wasn't done by the will of the people. This was done by the will of a few people up on Beacon Hill. And all we're asking for is to have an open and honest debate on the the merits and demerits of casino gambling in Massachusetts. And and when the people speak, then that will be the end of it.
3: So once this election takes place... If your side wins, hey, your side wins and casinos will be go back to being banned. And uh, maybe people that want to reinstate the blue laws and prohibit commerce on Sunday might have a referendum question. And who knows what will happen, but that'll be the end of it in one direction. But are you saying that if the voters speak in favor, even if it's narrowly in favor, that your group will take its tent and go home and there won't be any more fighting to stop casinos?
1: Well, I can tell you by Massachusetts law, we can't come back for another six years. Say that again. Okay? We, uh, If we're unsuccessful at the ballot box in November, we can't uh, submit another question to ban casinos for another six years.
3: Yes, okay? but you can so do you other can... things other than submit a, a referendum question. You can be involved in lobbying to slow down construction, to try to change the law in some other ways legislatively, I'm asking you if you are going to cease operating as an anti-gambling group in Massachusetts entirely.
1: I I can't say that our group will disband. Um, I can tell you that for myself personally, uh, once the voters speak, uh, I will let that stand. Um, I I do think that there are some things that possibly could be changed in the law to make it better, uh, that we could have an avenue around that. And I, I wouldn't lobby to slow down construction if, let me take one example of uh, the idea of casinos giving loans to people and accessing their credit directly. Sure, I could see that as a ballot question next time around to stop that kind of practice. Um, that seems to make sense to me as a way to make this casino law better for Massachusetts.
5: What
3: if uh, the proponents of casinos right now, uh, which would be the Massachusetts legislature and the governor, would, uh, Brought you and your group in and said, "Look, how about if we amended the state law to prohibit credit checks uh, that or that the things that you're saying you object to? Mm-hmm. Um, would you pull the referendum question, or is it too late for that?"
1: No, we wouldn't pull the we wouldn't pull the, the referendum question. And you know, I, I had and I can't rattle them off now a list of ten ways to make the casino law better. That's just one of the examples. Um, but the other point that I've realized is that the casino companies and actually the law is really rigged against the people. If you look at what's happened uh, in, especially in the Suffolk Downs uh, proposal, you know, before November 5th, there was no planned casino being built in Revere. And yet Revere was considered a host community because of the the track that was built there, that's there. And now they were allowed to, you know, bypass all the regulations and timelines, move the casino building to revere and ignore the idea of the track and in fact you know the the people that are proposing the casino actually wrote a letter to the gaming commission and said you know what if if it's going to get in get in our way of having a license we will stop operating the track so all these years they've been telling us we want to save the track and yet at the first hint that it might get in their way, they're ready to divest of it. <laughs> right. And so, you know, we haven't seen much in the way of fairness and transparency on the part of the gaming commission or these casino developers. So, you know, five years ago or whatever, four years ago, when this law first came about, if, if the law was written that way and I, I looked at it, I, I probably wouldn't be stand, sitting here talking to you right now. There'd probably be somebody else. But I probably would be willing to at least give it a shot if we had a way to reverse casinos, uh, town by town after they they come into place so that's that's the other thing once a casino is uh, opened in a community there's no way in the law to actually close it a license holder uh, could lose their license but the casino would go into um, uh, conservatorship sorry lost the word there for a minute that's all right Uh, and what that means is the the casino stays open while they find someone else to operate it so even if the town decides you know five six seven eight ten years from now you know what this wasn't such a good idea they have no control over whether that casino actually the casino will stay open forever unless the legislature or the people bring up a question again
3: i got let me ask you just one last question when we've been speaking to john Ribeiro, who is from repeal the casino group um if we had a proponent of casinos mm-hmm. that would be willing to come on the air with you, would you be willing to have a uh, an open debate with them?
1: Sure, absolutely. I've done that several times.
3: Okay, well, maybe. Who? Just out of curiosity, who came on from the other side?
1: Uh, it was uh, Frank Callahan. He's the president of the Building and Trades Union uh, in Massachusetts. Um, has been one person. There was the town manager from. Plainville with another person recently. Um, Jay Ash, the town manager from uh, Chelsea, has also been a proponent. All right. willing to debate?
3: We may may fix you up. And I appreciate you coming on. I realize this may not be the warmest environment, but we do have a lot of listeners who have open minds. And uh, I appreciate you very powerfully expressing your side of the story, John.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh, I think that this is the, the conversation that needs to happen uh, before November fifth. And, and honestly this is this is all we've ever been asking for is to have an open and honest debate on the issue.
3: Fair enough. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks for having me. Bye now. Listeners, we're gonna take a quick break, then we'll be right back.
2: You're listening to the House of Cards with Ashley Adams. A poker face carved in marble.
3: (laughs) Hello, listeners. Welcome back. This is Ashley Adams, and you are listening to House of Cards. You know, if you've listened to this show before, you know that we often have writers on the show, authors, we have talk show hosts, we have poker players, we have people in the poker industry of all types. Well, and you know, we have poker coaches that come on, all sorts of different people. Well, today we are very fortunate because we have somebody who combines many of those attributes, many of those skills into one person. And that person is Donna Blevins. Donna was nice enough to have me on her radio show and now we are returning the favor with alacrity donna are you there
5: i am here ashley and thrilled to come on the show with you thank you for having me
3: well i'm glad you're here and i'm only a little bit sad that you were rubbing in the fact that you are in beautiful florida where it is how how warm was it today when it was 10 degrees below zero here in boston
5: Uh, it actually went up over 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and we were able to open all the doors in the house.
3: Wow. What part of Florida is that, Donna?
5: About an hour and a half north of Orlando and Tampa.
3: Oh, you know, this time of year in that part of Florida is not always so warm. I've been down in that neck of the woods when it was 40 or 45 in January and February. So this is... This is even very nice weather and appreciated in your neck of the woods as well. It's not just standard fare, is it?
5: No, I, we do have some times when it freezes and and just reminds you of why. It reminds us of why we're so thrilled with where we live.
3: <laughs> That's great. Listeners, for those of you who don't know, Donna has been in the poker industry for quite some time and with great success. She uh had a very, very strong showing in the 2007 World Series of Poker, which I'll let her talk to you about. But she's also written many poker articles. She has a book coming out called Get Your Head Right or Get Your Head Back in the Game. Uh, she is also a coach, uh, knows something quite a lot about something called mind shifting, which I she explained it to me. I don't understand and She's going to talk about that as well. So what do you want to start with, Donna? You pick
5: you know, um, we could talk about the fact that I'm six feet, five inches tall. One of the reasons that I say (laughs) that is so that you can remember who I am. And I know that's something on radio that people don't really see, but I want to tell everyone that I want you to stand up and be tall. I want you to really step into the energy in your body and in your mind. And I want to share with you that height. So let's just put that out there and say, you know, be all you can be. And we're going to work with mind shifting if that's where you want to. I don't know where you want me to go. You just,
3: well, let's you know. start. Let Tell our listeners about the concept of mind shifting and specifically since almost all of our listeners are poker players, tell them how it can affect and specifically improve their poker game if they can embrace this concept.
5: Well, it's really true because the biggest problem with poker players is their tilt button. It's amazing how many things will put people on tilt. And what you find is that tilt factor actually comes from the rest of your life. So what's interesting is when you work on mind-shifting in very specific ways, besides improving your poker game, it improves your life as well because poker and mirrors life and life mirrors your poker. You know, you can I like to go to a poker table, sit down and ask people what they do for a living. I do that a lot of times when I'm sitting down at a uh, a tournament when I don't know the people and I can probably put people 80%, I can put them on their game because what they're doing in life is mirrored by it, it mirrors into their poker. Let's say someone is an accountant, as an example. Well, someone that's an accountant is very specific about details. They're probably going to be a tight player who's probably going to end up having their chip stacks leak away because they're waiting for cards. What you want to realize is that when you're in poker, the first thing that you have to concentrate on is you, number one. The second thing is other people, and number three and almost insignificant is cards because, frankly, we don't need no stinking cards <laughs> because we have to be able to step into our own power, our our own mindset where we're confident, where we're making the moves based on our own security and watching out for other people's chink and their armor.
3: Well, let me let me play devil's advocate and say, uh, well, wait a second, Donna. I mean, if I'm uh, really into my game and I'm incredibly confident and in all things, but I don't get any cards, how can I win at poker if somebody calls me down who's a bad player and he thinks his two pair is good and I'm trying to represent that I've got a fantastic hand because I'm really positive and into my game and six foot five inches tall and I <laughs> shove my stack and he has eights and seven that he hit on the flop, how am I gonna win?
5: You're going to win because first of all, you have to stay in the moment. You have to stay in the moment. You have to do you you have to be able to change your mindset, to change your game instantly. One of the things that I learned with poker and literally and physically saved my life is that I realized that the only thing that was important in my life was the cards that I had in front of me. That meant the hand that I was in. What just happened doesn't matter. The cards that are coming in a moment doesn't matter. But what matters is how you're playing that particular hand, which means that with each action, you have to see how that situation changes. Because we make a decision that we're going to make a move and we make a move and something else comes back on us, sometimes we have to we have, to have the permission to change our mind. So we have to be able to, to, it's kind of like we're in a river and, and we're, we're flowing along with the river and, it's, and and we have to figure out, you know, when we're getting into the rapids. You know, when, when do we go ahead and fold a hand? So you have to constantly change your mind and allow yourself to change your mind and to fold. That's the important thing, to okay. allow yourself to change your mind and, and not be hard on yourself for doing that.
3: Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with more House of Cards.
0: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards radio network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Something exciting is happening in New Jersey. People are cheering in Cherry Hill and cashing in chips, pumping fists in Fort Lee and flopping full houses. Get the thrill and play on your laptop, tablet, or mobile at BorgataPoker.com. Texas Hold'em, daily tournaments, and -and sit-and-goes. Real money anywhere in New Jersey. The Borgata Hotel and Casino is a name you can trust so you can be sure that borgata.poker.com is secure. And now with a $25 deposit you can get a $20 bonus when you sign up for Borgata Poker at houseofcardsradio.com. Remember you must be at least 21 and physically present in New Jersey to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors. The we buy ugly houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ug. But did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UGG. 866-I-WANT-UGG.
0: Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's JerseyManMagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Hey, this is Dave Schottel from House of Cards, with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of July seventh, two 2014. Well, on the heels of the Revel bankruptcy, Atlantic City received some more bad news last week. Caesars Entertainment announced that the Showboat Casino will be closing its doors. Caesars said the closure was to help stabilize their other properties in Atlantic City and that the 2,100 employees of the Showboat will be given preference for open positions at those other locations. The closing date for the Showboat will be August 31st. A big week for Phil Ivey at the World Series of Poker. Phil won his historic 10th WSOP bracelet. That moves him into a tie with Doyle Brunson and Johnny Chan for second on the all-time bracelet winners list. Only Phil Hellmuth has more bracelets with 13. Ivy won the 10th bracelet on the 1500 eight-game mix event at the Rio Convention Center. And finally, Larry Keith Green from Las Vegas may be a name that could live on in infamy. You see, the Nevada Attorney General is nominating him to be placed in the state's famous black book. Green was convicted of trying to rig slot machines with an electronic device while he was serving a five-year probation for prior gambling violations. The Black Book has a list of 32 men and one woman who are barred from entering casinos in the state. The book was started in 1972 to keep mobsters and underworld figures out of the casinos. Definitely a list you do not want to be on. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOCRadio. Great moments in history. In 1 million BC, early man discovers fire only to have it stolen by a rival clan member.
3: What are we going to do? It's no use, Rod. They a masterful job of fing us.
0: In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseofCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads.
4: Some
2: houses are born bad. You're listening to the House of Cards.
5: I never dreamed that any mere physical
4: experience could be so stimulating.
3: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Well, listeners, we're talking to Donna Blevins, poker writer, speaker, mind shift coach, author, uh, and a wonderful person. Now, you actually also, in addition to using the mind shifting skills to help people with their poker game, you speak to audiences about poker as a metaphor for how to change the way that they're being in business and in life. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Well, it's interesting that you say that because this afternoon I I went to Walmart and stopped at the McDonald's. And there was a a senior man and wife come into the McDonald's, and the way she was limping, I really noticed in it, for some reason I really liked the jacket she had and I had on and I, I commented on it. And we started talking, and I asked her, you know what is happening you know you definitely got a problem with your foot or your hip or the core of your body and she looked at me and she said how do you know I said well you're telegraphing it you're giving off an image you're, you're giving it's like having a tail at a poker table And and so we talked about the fact of of how she needed to be aware of what was going on. So it was just an example of the fact that I talked about poker and how how the things that you're dealing with as far as your table image can manifest and what you're doing is putting out that in your life right now. And she actually, has, it's just really interesting because she had a very special long-term pain in the core of her body and her spine that was very serious. And I asked her if she would like to learn my mind shift exercise my signature mind shift exercise that I share continually, and and I, she asked my name and I told her and she said I know that name. Come to find out, she actually belonged to the uh, the, the uh, country club where I spoke last year and she had seen my name come through. But anyway, I went through that mind shift exercise with her and she was. I said, what what number are you on, on in pain right now? And she said, well, I'm probably an eight out of a ten. Wow, that's pain. Yeah really heavy pain. And we did the mind shift exercise. I taught her how to do it. It takes about three or four minutes. You really, know, if, if you're with somebody personally, you know, and it only takes about 45 seconds to actually do the mind shift exercise. When we finished that after three minutes, I said, where is your pain? And she looked at me and her eyes are open. And she said, it's down to a three. Wow. And it's the same sort of thing about you have to be able to shift your mindset and you have to be able to be aware of what's going on, and, and it works It works in your everyday life as well.
3: How does that work? How do you use your mind-shifting technique to diminish pain from an 8 to a 3?
5: Well, the mind-shift exercise specifically, the, it's called, hmm, isn't that interesting?, that particular mind shift exercise, one of the most important things, first of all, you forgive yourself for being there because sometimes when we're in pain or when we're pissed off, and, and sorry for saying that, but at the poker table. That's when all right. Shift,
3: we say pissed off all the time on this show. Do we? Yes. Is that okay? That's
5: all well, right. Well, you know, when, when you've been pissed off at the poker table and, and you've got all this anger, you're on tilt. But what you need to do is to forgive yourself for being there because you say, man, I just screwed up. So you forgive yourself for being there. You know, forgive yourself for having pain. It's the same thing. And then what you do is you shut your eyes, and you you command whatever it is to show itself. You say, "Show yourself, take a form." If it's an anger, if it's pain, whatever it is. Well, she didn't quite get that, and I said, "Okay, just write write the word, just write the word, uh, pain in your in your mind. Just to text pain." And, she, and I said, nod your head when you say that. And she, she went ahead and did that. And I said, now what I want you to do in this moment is I want you to step back in your mind's eye, step back one foot, take one step back from it and detach from that, look at it and say, hmm, isn't that interesting? Because what happens, the moment that we step back and say, "Mm, isn't that interesting? What happens is we disconnect our energy. We stop feeding and stoking the fire. We stop giving that pain more strength. When you focus on it, you think of it. It gets bigger. You feed it. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's all-consuming. And when you actually see it in your mind's eye, what happens, this is really exciting, is that when you see it in a form it is minimized because when you have pain and it's at an 8 it's all encompassing just imagine it around you because it's huge you, you, you've ever been in that kind of pain you understand what i'm saying yes. and it's it's all encompassing but when you see it in your mind's eye it diminishes and you, when you see it in a form and sorry, and you know it's a to little me. tough just to, sorry
3: that makes sense to me because you what you're doing is you're defining it and by defining it and putting borders around it, you're limiting it so that it's no longer overwhelming. It's now limited, specific, uh, objectified, so to speak. And then you can start working on controlling and minimizing it.
5: Well, that, yeah, that's exactly right. And then what you do, the, the, it's two more steps that are just absolutely astonishing, is once you've said, hmm, isn't that interesting? And it, and it, it really is a significant issue. You open your eyes, you look up and to the right? then you pivot your body 45 degrees to the right continue looking up and you ask out loud where would i rather be what you're doing is you're actually giving a question now you don't have to answer it because you're giving your qu- a question and your subconscious answers that when it answers that what happens is it starts to rewrite and overwrite the, the software recordings that are in your subconscious Our mind is like an iceberg. Our conscious mind is like 10% of the iceberg that you see. We're run by our subconscious that is about 90% of our mind. And so what we need to do in our life is to overwrite or rewrite that software by, by changing those recordings. And that's one of the ways that you do it.
3: Wow. So is this going to be in your new book, Get Your Head Back in the Game, or is this something separate?
5: Now, this is actually I'm teaching 12 mind shift exercises. This one is actually the first one that I'm talking about because it it had a dramatic effect on my life so many times. And I'll tell you that in in two months, I'll tell you something private. When the book is ready to come out, I'll tell you something very private about that that is astonishing. But it has had a tremendous impact on my life. It literally enabled me, and this I'll tell you, it literally enabled me to reset my heart two years ago when I was in what's called atrial fibrillation, AFib, when the top part of your heart is kind of quivering rather than beating. And I also had what's called PVCs, which is premature ventricular contractions. That means the bottom part of your heart are throwing extra beats, and it's kind of jerking you. I came out of a surgery, a procedure, and I was in terrible, out of rhythm, and the doctor had said that uh, within five hours, if I had not reset, they were going to do a, a drastic procedure. They were going to actually put me out and reset me is what they were going to do. And, um, you know, when I realized that, that the problem was I was magnifying it because I was in fear, I actually did this, hmm, isn't that interesting? I went, I, I got up when I was able to walk, and I went to the nurse's station, and I said, what time is it? She told me it was 5.15 and I said, please write that to the side. I said, I'm in AFib and throwing PVCs. Is that correct? And she looked at me really weird, like I was a. Uh, she at me like a puppy dog. You know how a puppy dog, you know, their head tilts back and forth. That's how she was looking at me. So she wrote it on a post-it to the right of her keyboard. I said, I'll be back in a few minutes. I said, I'll be back in a while, and you tell me when I reset my heart. And I, I did another mind shift exercise as I'm walking walking down the, the, the hall that you can walk away, and I'm snapping my fingers going, beat, 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 because you need to beat 60 beats a minute. And within a few moments, I reset my heart. I walked back up, and I said, please pull me up again. And she looked at me like that puppy dog. She pulled it up, and I said, what time was I in uh, out, of, out of sync? And, and my heart was malfunctioning. She said, five fifteen and I said, please check the record and tell me what time I reset and went into a natural sinus rhythm, which is the way you're supposed to to, to go. And so she scrolls through it and her eyes get really big and she looks up at me and her mouth falls open and she said, Five twenty one. Wow. Wow. So it, it was you know it was really astonishing because it works.
3: Well, so your book is going to take people through twelve different mindset mind shift exercises, is that right?
5: Yes, that's exactly right. And what I'm also going to do is there's three of them specifically that, that I think people really like to have them in a recorded situation because, you know, that you, can, you can see it in writing, but it doesn't quite work as well. People say that they really like the sound of my voice. So I'm actually going to link the book to three audio recordings that they can download for free of the MindShift, three specific MindShift exercises that I think are the, 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 the ones that I want people to really start with to affect and change their lives.
3: Well, that's great. Now, you had mentioned that there are some things that our listeners might be able to get access for free, a website or something.
5: Yes. Um, I have Elite Poker Coaching under a, a wonderful program, and I do it under PokerPureAndSimple.com. And I'm giving away two free lessons um, the two free modules. They're very long, They're about an hour and a half each, which were the first modules that I actually did to to bring you and think about the things that can help improve your game. In fact, I've had people um, opt into that and their game is, is really wonderful. As a matter of fact, you had mentioned Jeannie Robertson who is a six-foot-two professional speaker and she actually had a man that worked with her. He's short and, and plays a guitar and he sometimes introduces her. And I met him a couple of years ago and and he told me he had been playing poker for years in Nashville and never won anything. Played every week and and threw his money away. And I said, we'll, we'll go opt in. When I saw him at uh, in Orlando at one of Jeannie's presentation, he ran up to me. Short, just really short, kind of kind of tit high. You get the deal. And he ran up to me and he said, I gotta tell you. He said, all I did was listen to your modules. I went through the first one, and I decided I was going to play at Hard Rock in Tampa. You know, and I figured I was going to bust out really quickly, and and then all of a sudden we get to the final table, and I have the chip lead. I've never had the chip lead before.
3: <laughs> that's great.
5: And and all of a sudden I have to say, you know, we got to chop because I got to get on and and introduce Jeannie. So, it works. There's a, there's things that are really down that re- can really help your game.
3: Well, that's great, Donna, and I'm very glad you joined us. Let me just. Um... People want to find out more about you. Do they go to that site, or is there another site uh, to access you as a public speaker, as a coach, and the like?
5: Well, my main blog is biggirlpoker.com. Biggirlpoker.com. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to remember, biggirlpoker.com. She's six and a half feet tall almost, and I have podcasts uh weekly or every couple of weeks uh, uh, from particular poker players. I have a free pot odds course you can opt in for. But it's basically my blog, and people can can find me there and contact me and, and see about what I can do as far as keynote speaking and what I can offer there. They also have a fairly detailed uh, bio, which is kind of funny about how I got started in, in the public speaking when I was a kid.
3: Great. I I, th- I think they will definitely... Uh, enjoy finding out more about you. I know I have. I've really enjoyed uh, an opportunity to know you. I don't remember how it was that we got to know each other in the first place. I think we did some writing for the same place, Poker Player Newspaper, but something before that. Did
5: you? No, it was Poker Digest. We both poker started
3: digest. out. Poker Digest, that's right.
5: That's right. We both started out. You started out in 1998 or
3: 1999? That's 99.
5: Okay. I started out in 1998. I was in the third issue, I believe. They, Their first issue was when they announced Scotty Wynn had won the World Series of Poker. Right. And I was actually getting ready to send a, a query letter about doing an, uh, a column for beginning players uh, to Linda Johnson for card player. And... I saw the first issue of Poker Digest, and I kind of liked it because I thought, well, you know, if I'm getting started in the industry, it'd be nice to be in a smaller pond. Then I can be a bigger fish. <laughs> so right. uh, that, that's how I got started, and, and you started on 1999. I have written, read everything you have ever written. You didn't even know that. I did And now we, we both are actual journalists with Poker Player Newspaper, and I handle Florida as a, a rep for the advertising.
2: Right.
3: Well, that's great, Donna. I'm very glad you got to join us, and I'm eager to talk to you after your book comes out, and we can talk about that.
5: That will be wonderful. I'd love to. I Just let me know when to come on, and I'm going to have you again soon as well.
3: Great. Okay. Thanks for joining us.
5: Thank you so much, Ashley. You are a winner.
3: <laughs> Thanks very much. That's Donna Blevins, poker writer, speaker, mind shift coach, author, uh, and a wonderful person. So uh, listeners, we're going to take a break now. We'll be back after a quick break. Something exciting is happening in New Jersey. People are cheering in Cherry Hill and cashing in chips, pumping fists in Fort Lee and flopping full houses. Get the thrill and play on your laptop, tablet, or mobile at BorgataPoker.com. Texas Hold'em, daily tournaments, and and sit-and-goes. Real money anywhere in New Jersey. The Borgata Hotel and Casino is a name you trust, so you can be sure that BorgataPoker.com is secure. And
0: now with the $25 deposit, you can get a $20 bonus when you sign up for Borgata Poker at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Remember, you must be 21 and physically present in New Jersey to play.
4: And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com.
0: Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players. Great locations, deep-stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker in one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour, finally a poker tour designed for poker players.
2: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of
0: Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com.
3: So, what I got? Got a couple of queens. And how do you know that? Because I've been watching you.
0: You gotta tell. Join us online at houseofcardsradio.com.
4: This is where I belong. Focus my game.
3: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. Before we end, I just want to remind all our listeners that we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, about maybe guests that you'd like us to have on. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. We're very interested in them. We'll put them on the air and answer them here. So that will do it for the show. Come back next week for more House of Cards. Good night and good luck.